Welcome to the Multifamily Five, where industry experts provide raw information about how they are achieving success in the current market conditions. And now, your host, Dallas-based real estate broker, Mark Allen. And welcome to the Multifamily Five. Today I have Duncan Campbell with Howard LLP, local Dallas CPA firm. Duncan, how's it going? Oh, it's going well, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, excited to have you. So uh, I don't know if you've listened to the Multifamily Five. I assume not, but essentially um, meet with with vendors, uh, including CPA, property managers, um, different operators, and investors. Really just ask five questions to get to the meat and potatoes of how investors and you know vendors like yourself are helping investors uh, achieve success in today's multifamily market. Um, so with that, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and your firm. Sure. Uh, I'm a partner here at Howard LLP. I've uh, been here over 13 years now, uh, service the tax side of the business. Uh, I mainly uh, deal with real estate clients and all different aspects, multifamily, lot developers, home builders, uh, even real estate brokers kind of hit the whole gamut there. Uh, do a lot of consulting with uh, family office uh, type individuals that have, you know, angel capital looking to disperse. So uh, Opportunity Zone is one of those things uh, that, you know, definitely is a hot button deal that I've had a lot of people ask me about. So uh, I'm looking forward to discussing them with you here today. Yeah, let's get right into it. And you're definitely right, the hot button seems like the hot topic. I've seen a lot of uh, blogs and, and posts um, on the internet and social media. So what exactly are Opportunity Zones and uh, how can they or will they benefit investors? Yeah, an Opportunity Zone is a what's de- defined as an economically distressed community where uh, – different state governors had to nominate areas around their state that would meet certain economic criteria, whether it's low, low income or, um, you know, few, a, a high unemployment rate. Uh, so the, the governors nominated all these different areas around their states and they sent them to the IRS for approval. And, uh, the IRS came back in June of this year and, uh, uh, approved all of these areas, which is why kind of everyone's starting to have momentum on these. So it's essentially what the intent of the Opportunity Zone Fund benefit is to bring new development or new money into these areas that are economically depressed and to incentivize those people that bring that money in so that you know those areas can improve. Okay. And I guess from from your perspective as a CPA, um, how do you become a certified Opportunity Zone fund? What does that process look like? So this is one of the things right now where it's kind of trying to thread a needle at 100 miles an hour. Uh, we're sitting on, uh, as of September 18 here, law but no regulation. Uh the way the law reads at the moment, an opportunity zone fund, all they have to do is invest in properties that are inside these approved zones 
or businesses in these improved, approved zones. And as long as every six months when they're tested, they have more than 90% of their assets held in these opportunity zone assets, uh, it qualifies as an opportunity zone. So uh, doesn't there is no, currently there is no form specific with the IRS you need to f fill out to designate yourself as an opportunity zone. It just needs to pass a twice a year test that its mix of assets or 90, that 90% 90 of them are all opportunity zone assets. Uh, so, you know, kind of right now, it's kind of up in the air really how that's going to work. Uh, until we get regulation, it's it's just that simple at the moment. But at the same time, it's ultimately complex yeah. uh, in trying to trying to get there. Yeah, uh, can you talk a little bit about the tax savings? What, how does it really benefit investors? I don't know if I missed that. Oh yeah, sorry if you if you've asked that before. But um, at the end of the day, um, what when I look at tax law. It's kind of a social type of system where they're trying to incentivize people to do certain things. So, for example, you want someone to buy a house back in 07, 08, what they do? They gave a first-time homebuyer credit. Uh, you want them to keep having a house, you give them a deduction for the real estate taxes and the mortgage on it. Opportunity Zones is another one of those that I view as, you know, they're trying to cause some new change in, in people's thought process or their, their investment activity. So there's estimated about $4 trillion of appreciation in the stock market that's unrealized. And they're looking with this opportunity zones uh, to allow people to tap into that appreciation in their, in their portfolios and invest in these. So to give an example, if you've got at shares in Apple and you were to sell them and realize a $100,000 gain, uh, within six months of realizing that gain, you can take that $100,000 and it only has to be the cash uh, gain, not the whole proceeds from the sale. So it's only the gain amount. You can place that in a Opportunity Zone fund or you can invest directly in an opportunity zone asset mm. that if you do that within the six months, you, the gain on the hundred thousand dollars is not realized in that tax year. It is deferred. And you have then a couple different, uh, four different milestones you've got to get to for the opportunity zone to really make your ultimate tax bet. The first is, you hold on to the property or the investment for five years, 10% of that deferred $100,000 gain goes away and will never be taxed. So you, you know, $10,000 comes off the table and you don't pay tax on it. Then the next milestone is a seven-year hold. If you made it to that point, you, another 5% of your original gain comes off the table. And then at the end of 2026, which is the third milestone, you're going to realize whatever gain is remaining after that 10 and 5% carve off. So in my example, $85,000 would be realized in 2026 as if you sold stock then instead of 
in 2018 where you're sitting. Then the fourth and last milestone, which which is the ultimate benefit of these opportunity zones, the, the gain deferral, the loss of the 15% is great. But the, the fourth milestone, which is 10 years, is where this really is the best uh, the best tax answer for most people is that if that hundred thousand dollars had appreciated, uh, the property had appreciated to a value of a million at year ten, all of that appreciation from that hundred thousand dollars on to the million is wiped off the table and 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 it would never be taxed. In other words, your basis in the property becomes the fair market value of the property at the end of year 10. And theoretically, you can sell it the day after you've reached year 10 and not have any gain to pay tax on. So that's the, this thing is a long-term hold play. There's a couple of incentives in the short term for five and seven year, but ultimately it's, it's got to be a 10-year hold to get the real benefit of what that property appreciates to and the you know elimination of any gain that would be inherent in it for that 10-year hold. Great. So in that example with $100,000 original investment that appreciated to a million in value on the sale after the 10 years, you're only getting taxed on that original basis of $100,000 long-term capital gains tax on $100,000, correct? Well, actually, it'd be eighty-five thousand because you've got a ten and five percent carve off as you went. Ah, okay. So, so you only have to pay tax on eighty-five thousand, and you've got a million dollars in your pocket if you've sold it after year ten for a million dollars. So, it's a it's a really big benefit there, uh, assuming you know you can stand to wait that long to stay in the investment. Uh, that's why some people refer to it, uh, you know, trying to thread the needle a hundred miles an hour. If you're going to run a fund, you got to find people first that have gains that they want to defer. And two, you got to find people that want to stay in an investment that long. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't want to. And so that's the, that's, you know, you got to have the perfect storm for it to work. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know this is still very early on and and organizations like the IRS are still figuring out uh, some of the the regulations. Uh, So what does that mean for for investors that are putting together Opportunity Zone funds right now? Will they be grandfathered in um, if if rules are changed here in the next six to 12 months? Um, That and what what is next in development for Opportunity Zones, if you know? What are they working on right now to get in place? Yeah, on the on the grandfathered in piece, you know, that's that's hard to tell because the the regulations are going to clear a lot of this up, and in several, I've seen a couple different fund groups trying to pull together funds, and they've sent letters to the IRS asking very specific questions on how they're supposed to operate, um, and you know, if they're trying, if they're following what is the only standard we have now, which is the IRS code, uh, you know, there, there should be fine, but you know, there's still ways to interpret some of these gray areas. So it's, it's kind of a sit and wait approach at the moment and, you know, hoping that, you know, you don't lose out on 
you know, people that are sitting on gains that they need to make investments on before, you know, the, the speed of the IRS comes in with the regulations. So I've talked to different attorneys about it and they're, they've been diving deep into it too. And they don't really know how to pull the partnership agreements together yet to, you know, even understand how to operate them. So it's, you know, everyone's, you know, wanted it's great want to do it and then it's overly caution on we don't know exactly how to transact exactly yet uh before the end of the year we should have clarity from the irs on it uh but you know they they are not the quickest uh in in operations uh at the moment you know we had some other regulations that came out in august that were due early june um and those aren't even finalized yet. So uh, it's it's more of a sit and wait than it is a hop into it because you don't, you know, for the ultimate, ultimate benefit down the road, you don't want to screw it up at the forefront if, you know, you sit in it for 10 years and then all of a sudden all of that million dollars is taxable to you. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a little bit of caution at the moment. Great. Okay. Um, how are you helping clients right now with opportunity zones other than advising? I'm sure you're advising many investors, but, um, you know, whether, I don't know if there's any legal aspects or just on the accounting and, and, um, tax side or how are you helping clients? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just keeping them informed as, as the, uh, situation develops, you know, I'm, uh, I have, you know, a uh, partner of mine, he's down in New Orleans next week for a conference on these. Uh, and there's, and he and I are going to offload a kind of our information from that afterwards and, uh, you know, continuing to give clients, you know, dialogue about it because I know they're interested in it. And it's just one of those things that, you know, we've got to, as soon as it comes out, we've got to be on it and let them know, uh, and so, you know, it's just being read up about it, talking to other people, getting their thoughts and insights on it and what they think, uh, you know, they are making sure, you know, if I look at it and I think uh, it's this way, I've, I'm always uh, talking to other people that are interested in them or, or trying to do them and seeing if they've got the same thoughts on it as me. So it's just a, right now, it's just kind of a meeting of the minds and then just keeping the dialogue open with the client so that they can, you know, be, be educated and ready. If they're, if they're going to enact on it, you know, I can tell them, uh, you know, pretty much, okay, now we can go. Uh, but you know, just being educated is, is ultimately the the best way to be, uh, helping out the clients now. So. Okay. Last question. So I think many of the listeners are active investors. They're, they're deal sponsors. They're on the GP side. Um, but it, for any that may want to invest passively into an opportunity zone, you said there's, there's funds available, correct? Or, or maybe, you know, these are in the works or in formation right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they're, they're, there, I've seen them in the works. I've seen a couple different deal sheets on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know of any that have, funded and made a purchase yet, but I know that they're, they're out there and people are working to try to, you know, have these available as an investment type. 
Okay. So if I were to sell a small property, um, you know, let's, let's call it, I'll have 500,000 that I'm looking to exchange. Could I invest into one of these opportunity zone funds that I'm not, I'm not purchasing a property myself in an opportunity zone? Sounds like that's, that's a possibility. Yeah, so you don't have to do it through a fund. You don't have to involve other investors. You can go do the direct investment yourself. There's a If there's an apartment complex in one of these uh, and you've got gains that you're looking to defer, uh, you can go down there and if it falls in this opportunity zone, you can purchase that asset and you'll get the same benefits as doing it through a fund. Um, and right. owning it outright is, is, is not a bad thing. There is a small caveat though, that they do require some improvement to that property after you purchase it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're wanting you to, you know, spend money into it to bring it up. So, uh, with a fund, you may not have to worry about additional capital for that because they're going to have a pool of capital to be able to do that or, or lines of credit or, or loans to be able to do that, yeah. that substantial improvement requirement. And right now they're saying if you buy a million dollar property, you have to put a million into it. Is that right? Well, the definition is substantial improvement and there's, there's nothing really pointing to what substantial means. <laughs> uh, you and I may have our own view of what it means, but uh, with, until it's really defined, it, it can be, a dollar, it could be a million dollars, it could be $2 million. Right. At least that's my understanding of it at the moment. If, uh, if some of your listeners have heard otherwise, uh, I don't want them to take my word as, as, as gold there on that part. Okay. Very good. Well, uh, that's, that's exciting. I mean, especially some of the smaller investment properties that I have, if, um, you know, if they're long-term holds, if I wanted to 1031, it seems like I could, I could um, exchange these into an opportunity zone fund and defer the taxes if they're held in that fund for over 10 years. Am I correct in saying that? That's correct. Okay. Very good. And I'm sure they have potential, uh, you know, target IRRs and, and whatnot. Um, so, Duncan, I appreciate the time. This has been great. Obviously, it's very early on in the process. We look forward to seeing how this uh, continues to form and take shape. Uh, What's the best way for the listeners to reach you and learn more about Opportunity Zones and potentially becoming a qualified fund to purchase property in an Opportunity Zone? Yeah, the, the best way to keep up or contact me is if you go to our website, it's howard-cpas.com. Uh, you'll see in there we have a new section there where we post a couple different articles a month about different things and which will be opportunity zones. But there's also contact info there for me uh, where you can reach out to me. Uh, and, you know, we can send me an email or call call up to the office. They'll be able to get in touch with me. I'll be glad to discuss this with with anyone that's interested. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Duncan. Again, appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. Thanks for the insight. Thanks for the information. And I uh, hope to talk to you soon. All right. You're welcome. Thank you.